Hello, and welcome to the Brooks Breakthrough Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Brooks. And this week, I have the pleasure of chatting with uh, Carrie Calloway, also known as Chef Carrie, an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and new mom. Today, she's going to be sharing her story of growing up in a family of entrepreneurs who focus their skills on the food and beverage and restaurant industries. She will also share what it's looked like to build her brand work with nonprofits to grow their footprints and serve families as she teaches them to grow their own food and help them understand the food system from farm to table. So Carrie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Hello, hello. How are you? I am good. I'm good. So fun story about the two of us. We, um, we met because I did this thing when I first got back to Houston where I was putting my business card in a different, a variety of books. And you actually found mine in a baby book when you found out, I think you were five or six weeks pregnant and you gave me a call. Uh, you didn't even need to buy or sell at that time, but you, you thought it was such a great touch. And so since then we've stayed in touch, which I, I love that we have that unique story that we get to share with people. Yes, I think I was actually buying um, a food processing book because I, I make my, my daughter's baby food. So I was uh, buying a book to kind of go through it and, and look and her car just her car just fell out. And I was like, I'm going to call this person because I just felt like it was a sign for me to connect to whoever's car this was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm so happy to have met you that way. It was really exciting, actually, because yeah. I've never experienced any like anything like that. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> definitely unique for sure. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited for you to get to share your stories. I've been able to hear it over the last year or two. Um, and so I'm glad that you're going to get to share it with more people today. So share a little bit of your background um, and, you know, where you came from. I know your family is very involved in in growing their own food and in a variety of different food and beverage companies. So share, share a little bit of that with us. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm actually from California, uh, a town called Grand which is a wine country. So I grew up predominantly around vineyards and wineries. Uh, My family runs a catering company out of Southern California called Cujo's Big Smoke Barbecue. So at the age of six, uh, my dad pretty much made me his liaison and just kind of trained me um, from the age six up with uh, including mathematics. So he's most definitely a master in mathematics. So Hmm. tying in food with, with math, with science, um, I got to learn at a very uh, young age the process and how it really works. Um, and, and people just think food is just putting food, you know, cooking in a skillet. And it's so much broader and larger than that. So at a very young age, I, I was trained to understand that process. And uh, growing up, we traveled throughout all Southern California, catering for people like Disney World and Disneyland and uh, Johnson and Johnson, Coachella's, uh, backstage, different artists and musicians and people like Snoop Dogs. And, um, you know, so we, we catered for a lot of people in the community of, uh, Southern California. So that, that's really what brought me to, um, the food business is, is my, my father. <laughs> so you shared on the science and the numbers, break that down for us, explain that for someone who doesn't understand what that means when it comes to, to food. Yes, so food, culinary arts um, is a science. Uh, 
agriculture, I, I will speak a little bit about agriculture when we get on that part. Um, a lot of people don't understand uh, the process of food is, is science-based, um, from growing farm to table to actually serving the community. It, it's all uh, broken down through mathematics uh, based off of how many people you may serve or um, how much you may need yield costs or raw cost. And um, it's all a numbers game in order for you to really succeed and compel uh, based off of your competition um, and understanding how to, to, to the nearest penny um, get a stretch as an entrepreneur. Because when you're starting a business um, and when you're running a family business, you have to make everything count. Um, no losses. So uh, mathematics plays a big part in culinary arts. Um, and it, it's played a big part in my family business and my business itself. So mm -hmm. would you say that a lot of a lot of people who get into the culinary arts are technically very artistic. Because you, you see a lot of musicians and people who, you know, paint and, and, and create stuff. They're, they have this certain mindset where they are more artistic and not as much business side. But it sounds like from your family, you got both. Yes, that that is uh, the one man band strategy. Uh, most definitely. Um, my dad is necessarily not an artist at his best, but he can cook very well. Um, so it was instilled in me to uh, do things like music and arts and kind of create. I went to private institutes and um, I was doing like algebra, like college algebra six, right? Mm. Um, really kind of teaching what I teach now um, and building now is what we call STEM. So just understanding science, technology, engineering, agriculture, arts, mathematics, and how important those aspects mm -hmm. are. But when teaching a child or the youth, um, how to teach it, a hands-on perspective. So I got a real, um, you know, quick wake-up call at a very young age to hands-on learning um, and how important that is. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And when did the Chef Carrie brand start? Was that something <laughs> that like as a little girl, your family would call you? Or is that something as you got older, you kind of grew into? So going back into the arts, I was always the art part of my family business. I was more so the coordinator, the decorator, uh, you know, the weddings and the anniversaries and all of these events. I would make sure the display of the food, uh, the aesthetic mm -hmm. of it was legit or um, even things like Coachella. I would go and decorate the backstage, but I would work with chefs. Right. Um, so it was a point where I was just working with chefs and working with my, my family business um, on the decorative and coordinating side. Uh, I most definitely am artsy at my best. Um, I'm an artist at my best. But um, so understanding uh, that process, but but how, how can I word this? Um, pretty much just understanding that Chef Carrie came <laughs> when my dad just threw me in, in there. One day he just was like, it was like a thousand people catering job. I'm trying to wind, go backwards. And it was at the West End Hotel. Um, and he was like, I need you. Uh, it was like skewers and barbecue. My dad does a barbecue catering company. So he was like, cop on the barbecue pit. You got this. Now, mind you, I've been cutting chickens and we call it pimping chickens my whole life. <laughs> as far as cooking, it never really was my task. So at the age of maybe 26, my dad just threw me in there and it just, I could do it. 
it, it just came very natural for me. Um, and I had a mentor that was over the Westin. He was the executive chef over the Westin hotels. And he looked at me and he just came by me. He's just, you got to go to culinary school. He, you, you've got to make this a career. I'll be your mentor. I'll guide you. Um, so I did after that day, I ventured off to try to figure out how to get to culinary school. And I ended up going to the culinary Institute of America on a merit based scholarship. Um, I just wrote to them and told them my life experiences in, in the food business. And they, you know, someone called me one day and was just like, we don't only want you to come to the school. We're going to pay for you to come to the school. Mm. And, 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 and I trained under amazing chefs, um, under French cuisine and understanding that process and really how to plate food. And like you said, like I was saying, like the mathematic part and growing up, it, it helped, but by no means necessary was I a trained chef. I've never like was in a kitchen with a bunch of chefs. No, it, not until that very point, I really learned culinary arts and what I've been doing my whole life mm -hmm. uh, out of uh master in my career. So I took that time, I, I traveled to Australia and, I, and I'm still understanding Chef Carey as a brand mm -hmm. um, and building that aspect, but that's when it really started, um, is really when I decided to go to culinary school. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how diverse of a background you had at such a young age from doing massive events at hotels to Coachella to then going to culinary school and, and traveling around the world. Right. And then, and, but doing like barbecue, right. Doing barbecue. And then it's, it's, um, you, you've been able to experience so many different things, which is really interesting. And one of them that I think is, is really interesting is that at one time you told me that your family was looking at getting a McDonald's, uh, is that <laughs> correct? Cause you went to uh, McDonald university. Yes. So not necessarily my family. What ended up happening. So I went to college, right, at Prairie View in 2011. And like I said, I grew up in a family business. So we were all out of pocket, all of these things. Um, and I ended up actually having to drop out of college. Mm -hmm. And when I dropped out of college, I ended up working for owner operators, the first mm -hmm. black owner operators of Houston, Texas, which mm -hmm. is the Bentham family. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up working for them and they sent me through a process called Hamburger University. Um, the original stage is literally going in there and flipping fries. Um, I cried that first day. It was the worst day of my life. I just was like, I dropped out of college. I did all of this just to flip fries at McDonald's. But it was so much bigger than that because what they were teaching me and making me understand is, yes, I'm starting here, but you have the opportunity to actually own and operate your own McDonald's. So let us guide you. Um, you know, you, you did drop out of college and we're going to guide you into actually being an owner operator. So you can go through a process called Hamburger University um, and you do necessarily have to be second generation or associated with a operating family. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned that that process. And uh, I just remember I did that for two years after dropping out of school and it, it was amazing. I learned so much. Um, I created operation systems. I really learned the process of McDonald's, um, and this was before culinary school. So really, it, if it started at a kid 
and McDonald's kind of groomed me into actually understanding operations mm -hmm. and how that works. Um, and mathematics, again, played a big part of that because I, I did a lot of cost analysis, um, a lot of data pooling, pulling receipts and collecting them, uh, creating databases that, that allowed the system in McDonald's to be much easier. They actually use my system today, um, the owner operators of, of Houston. And so it did make me understand the food business in another aspect, which is fast food. So there's so many operations within food. You know, there's catering, there's fast food, there's slow food, um, and then you have your chains of restaurants. Um, so that, I got to really experience different, uh, the ideology, I'll, I'll say, of culinary arts. Mm -hmm. oh, definitely. And McDonald's in itself and a lot of sim somewhat similar brands them are such well-oiled machines that yes. if you could, there's so much you can learn, what, however you, regardless of how you feel about McDonald's, there's so much to, um, available to learn with them, um, and just <laughs> how to operate a machine like that. Yeah. Um, because People you don't have to have the best food. Right. People yeah. look down on it. It's most definitely a stigma. Like, you know, if you don't go to college, you're going to end up working at McDonald's. Um, and it's it just so funny to me because I actually experienced that. And it was always like a, you don't do that, especially like you have a family business, like what are you doing? But my dad encouraged me um, to learn and to understand the process and, and to get into it. And, and like, again, he called me one day and was like, bring that back, bring that home, whatever you learn there, yeah. bring it home. And that has been my task of the family business. Go learn, come back and bring it back. Go learn, come back. And I, mm. at this point, my dad is operating as a multi-million dollar company because I decided to go and understand the McDonald's system and fr and to the franchise system and operating system and how to make things smooth. So turning a family business or mom and pop into a, a smooth train operating show, such as McDonald's, mm. um, that still operates as a technically a mom and pop. So... And there yeah. is so much power in what you just said in being able to go leave the family, learn something from other people, come back, implement it in the family so the family grows. There are a lot yeah. of really powerful families that have made fortunes based on that process. Mm -hmm. um, one just here in Houston is the Pappas family. If mm -hmm. you know anything about the Pappas family, their kids go to really great schools. They focus on, on one particular subject or one area. They go, they learn it. They're even encouraged to go work for other businesses. You come back and you implement it here uh, because yeah. you have some that are really great chefs. You have some that are really great at marketing. They all have their, their gifts and they, come gift. and they bring it back to the family. And that's one of the, one of the many reasons, one of the really big reasons that they've been able to grow the way that they have. The, uh, the Rothschilds are another example of that. Everyone went to a different country um, to oversee banking, right? And so mm -hmm. it was just able, another opportunity for them to grow their wealth. Yeah, my sister as well. I do have an older sister um, and she is more of the operation, operating side. And um, we are in the process of building out an e-commerce version of our business. Mm -hmm. And so both of us right now, our jobs are to learn that process of e-commerce and whatever that looks like. My role is in agriculture. Her role is legit, like the legitimate side of e-commerce. Um, I'm not going to say who she works for, but yeah. she's most definitely <laughs> in a class right now, understanding that process. So yeah. when it's time for that, we are implementing those things into the family fold structure. Yeah. Oh, I love that yeah. so much. Um, yeah. Share a little bit about what you're doing in agriculture now, because I know that you, so you went back to uh, Prairie View A&M and you're working to 
better understand and implement the whole farm to food table and you're sharing it with other families. Can you give us a little insight into that? So when I went to culinary school, um, I am a believer of Christ and most definitely I, I went through a fasting period and a prayer period. And when writing to the culinary Institute in that description, I didn't realize that God was actually telling me this is what I would do. But in that description of my letter to, to the CIA, it was um, my, I will complete this task with knowing that I'm going to feed God's people. Mm. I didn't know feeding God's people um, was God telling me that's what I would do. I thought it was me telling God, if you give me this, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. Um, I'm going to give back to my community. I'm going to, whatever I learn, I'm going to give it back. I'm not going to just keep it for myself. And that's been very important to me, um, especially lately, is to understanding there's a, there's a lost generation and there's a generation of people that really... Um, they don't have the same opportunities as I have had. And so giving that back in, in, in lump sums or small lump sums is so, so important. And starting with the youth um, is my main focus. So I decided to go back to Prairie View um, after dropping out. Not only, I, I'm a person that likes to finish what they started. Um, so it was never a plan of just being a dropout. It was always a plan to go back. Um, but go back when I knew what I wanted to do. I knew why I was going. Um, I knew I was always supposed to be at Prairie. I just didn't know why. Um, so now that I'm a chef and I understand that process and, and I got to travel around the world to Australia, I, I went overseas and I realized that they're implementing these farm to table concepts. They have fresh food, these restaurants, um, the, these, the culture, the people just on a daily basis are eating uh, fresh grown produce. Um, and it's a big thing. And we come back to America and it's necessarily not the same situation. So I decided to go back to Prairie View because they had an agriculture uh, program. Uh, both my parents actually graduated or alumni mm -hmm. from Prairie View. Uh, a lot of my family members are. So I wanted to do something where it was tying into my ancestors. So it is an mm -hmm. HBC university so it taps into the culture the identity of the culture and again my process of trying to learn how to give back to my community so um, I'm there now I'm actually a senior so I am an adult student at Prairie View learning agriculture I get to be around cows and goats and mm. uh, you know farmland and, and and understand and understand the science so again, so I'm learning the technique, right? The culinary technique, the operations through McDonald's, but I never understood the science of mm. food. And that's what agriculture has taught me is, is the science and the, the scientific names and, and the, the um, when you're talking about uh, genealogy and, and transplanting and again, understanding the, I wanted to learn how to grow the food that I cook. I thought that was very important. Um, my family has farms all over the place, Louisiana, Texas, mm. uh, California. So I always grew up on land and I always grew up with knowing that I came from farmers and sharecroppers. Uh, my grandfather on both sides of my family, uh, the Indian side of my family, they're all farmers. Um, so, you know, with growing restaurants and building restaurants, my concept was always going to be farm to table. So uh, Prairie View has allotted me to understand that process a lot better um, with understanding and, and, and crop and soil science. So the problem with agriculture today and, and within studying, right, I then found out 
that we are in a crisis actually when it comes to the food business and a lot of it is is chef's fault right it's 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 our fault that we are in this crisis because we're we built these amazing restaurants and these chains and these mcdonald's and this and we're going through a food crisis that by the year 2030 if someone doesn't step into place to understand what's really going on and implement sustainable systems um we are again tapping back into a lost generation we're, we're going to go through a I don't, I don't want to scare anybody, but, yeah. but we are going to an age where we need to learn how to grow our food. We, if not growing our food, these urban farmers are going to be very important um, within our communities. And this, it's just certain communities that are truly affected by this. So again, my community work is to implement sustainable systems within agriculture, food, healthy living, right? Healthy food living um, into the systems. Cause it's crazy. The McDonald's I worked at is on the same street as my farm in Houston. Mm. So that's just how God works in, in my life. Um, and, and so I, I, yeah, that prayer view most definitely is, is allowing me to learn the science, the politics behind agriculture, politics behind food um, and continue to implement that in our communities. Um, someone has to do so. Yeah, yeah, no. And I, I love that. So I, before I moved in with my husband when we were dating, um, I did not watch everything that I ate. I literally for breakfast would have Cheez-Its and a Red Bull. That was like on my way to work. I'd have my Red Bull with me. So I'd get to my desk, open everything up. And that's what I'd snack on. My husband, he had prepped meals for him. Um, he, mm-hmm. at that time used a company that made all of his meals. He was cautious about everything he put in his body. And when we moved in together, I stopped with the Red Bulls because he couldn't take it. He tried to get me to stop soda. And I'm like, you're asking too much of me. I can't do that. <laughs> and um, I wasn't really big on fruits and vegetables. I think and before him, I had never had an avocado. And by, I moved in with him when I was in my like, late 20s. Wow. So he, yeah. So he got me to eating way more vegetables. Um, but I remember there was one time I, I brought the groceries home, put everything up, and he went to go snack on some blueberries because he loves blueberries. And he's like, um, did you not get organic this week? And I was like, no, they didn't have any. Um, they were all out. He was like, oh, can you not get them then? Like if they don't have organic, just don't get any. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Right. So I can't say that I'm that extreme anymore, but in our home, we watch what we eat so much more. I can tell that it's been different in my body. And we actually have talked about, you know, one day we want to get land so we can grow our own food and um, yeah. I'm becoming more open to that. He has got me on, oh, we can get cows. I'm like, it's too much. I can't, I can't raise a cow and then kill it and then eat it. I'm not there yet. I'm on, ch- I can do chickens. I don't know if I can do cows yet. <laughs> so, and we'll- you know, I've learned that's not everyone's job either. Um, you know, when you're thinking of our ancestors and how they operated, there was always one person in the community that did that work, mm-hmm. you know? So I think the next steps is, is accepting that we're necessarily not all the farmers and all of the, you know, cows and chickens and necessarily, yes, we need the land. We need to grow our own vegetation. But when it comes to meat produce, we need to find people in the community that, mm, that that's yeah. what they do. Um, Cause yeah. I, as a chef and a certified butcher, right. I, I know how to do it from the head to the toe, believe it or not. And I, um, not for me, you know, yeah. and I've, <laughs> Um, most definitely a farm to table concept, but I rather, again, that's offering someone else a job in the community. Yeah, that's a that, really good point. And I'm clean. Uh, look, 
I don't want nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> to be honest, I, I um, understand the process mm-hmm. of, of, uh, you know, the circle of life. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that we should take for granted. I think it's, it's, it's actually um, a beautiful sacrifice that happens and is bestowed upon us on a, on a daily basis that we take for granted. And um, if we understood, you know, like, again, we at Prayer View, I'm understanding what's going on in the, the world that we don't see of agriculture, the mm-hmm. systems that we don't in agriculture um, and a lot of these things do need to be changed and figured out and reconfigured so we can sustain for the next uh, for the next little ones for our little ones you know it's it, it's yeah it, it's very interesting um, I would literally just went to school to just open up a, a cute little farm to table restaurant and all of this other things within agriculture have fell in my lap and I'm honored to, to take that on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm allocated to, as a lazy, lazy own, or however you want to call it. Oh, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. yes, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I got you girl. 500 acres of land plus I'll say, um, of land within Houston mm. to and operate and to implement these systems that I speak of uh, back into the communities. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I'm thankful and I'm blessed, but um, I, like I said, I just wanted a small, cute little restaurant, <laughs> a farm attached to it, you know, maybe 20 tables, um, but God has bigger plans than, than that for me. Yeah. Yep. So. That is funny. Well, so you, you hit on a lot of the reason we do this is for our little ones so that they can, um, you know, have a different future, but I know that you became a new mom this year. Share mm-hmm. what that's been like, um, what it's been like to juggle. Cause you're juggling a number of things right now. So what has it been like to, you know, go to school, juggle, juggle what you're doing with chef Carrie. And I know you're working with some nonprofits too. And then to now have a baby in the mix. Um, well, I'm just happy I started young yeah. because I like I said, I wear a lot of hats, um, within Houston, Texas, within out Houston, Texas, I am a mom. I run and operate a family business in California. Uh, we're, we're working on fish farms in Louisiana. Um, allocated, like I said, a little bit over 500 plus acres of land in Houston. And it's hard. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I, I would lie to you to say that it's hard, but I was trained well. Um, so I just get it done. I believe in getting it done. And I think that's why I have been allocated and, and asked to do certain tasks and um, because I believe in getting it done. That it's it's really that simple. You 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 go in it and you finish what you start. And um, you know they always say if you have a bunch of things to do, you can never give one thing a hundred percent. And I'm totally okay with giving five percent here and five percent here and five percent here because I know what that five percent mm. is still going to again sustain another side of of the culture and the world down the road and then I know if I'm giving at least 75% to my daughter she's great as well and Mm -hmm. and and I'm okay with that it's taken me some time because I did take some time off um to most definitely really get to know my daughter and bond and it was such a beautiful process but the the plus side about me being an entrepreneur I'm allowed to do that Mm 
and working with the university, I actually worked for Prairie View as well. Um, so working with them and working for all these people, they've just been amazing at understanding my lifestyle um, and just giving me the opportunity to continue to work and implement these things because it's necessary, but also be a mother. And I think that, again, that's the beautiful part of being an entrepreneur, because um, that's what I am at the end of the day. I'm a restaurateur, but I'm also I have I wear a lot of hats and run a lot of businesses, um, but I do it on my time and my mm-hmm. schedule. And so uh, I'm thankful for that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what, as we wrap this up, what kind of advice can you give to other moms juggling a number of hats? Um, cause I know you, I mean, you, even though yes, it's hard. Um, but you seem to take such great pride in all that you're doing that you're like, okay with a hard, right. Um, there's a really good saying to where it's like, Hey, struggling is hard. Like trying to win is hard. Like choose your heart. Choose um, your heart. Yeah. So um, what, my, what, what kind of advice could you give? My advice is accepting accepting your position and what you chose to do, like you said, and wearing it pridefully aids you to getting it done and making it smooth. Um, Everything I I have my hands on, it's still operating smoothly. Um, And so when you build your foundation strong, and that's the key, when you're starting something new or you're building a business and your foundation is strong, like I said, at six years old, I've been doing this. So my foundation has been strong. And if you can't make your foundation strong, then you make your little ones strong mm. and you still keep doing what you're doing. So you can have that second, third generational wealth. And um, someone's going to get the task done. If you don't do it, the next generation will. So um, yeah, just accepting where you are, um, breathing in it, um, yoga. <laughs> yoga is my best friend. I will say that praying to God is, is priority. Um, and it, it, the job will get done. Um, you just have to believe in yourself and be proud of who you are, what you chose to do. Um, and it'll get done. Mm, I love that. Um, you had some really great fire points in there, so (laughs) I can't, we're going to make some reels out of them because they were (laughs) real good girl. Um, thank you so much, Carrie, for your time. I really appreciate you getting to share this. Hopefully we can do a, a episode two after you graduate and maybe hear more about some of the families you've been working with and some of their stories. Um, so I'd love to hear that. Um, but before we go, where can people find you? So Instagram is what social media platforms are your favorite? My favorite, I, I, because I'm such a worker, I'm not that good at social media, but I do have it um, on Facebook as Carrie Calloway. Um, you can find me on South Union Community Development mm-hmm. Corporation, um, SUCDC, if you look them up, and at Chef Carrie on Instagram. So, yeah, I'm at my family's land right now at one of the farms. So I'm just enjoying the sun. Like I said, it pays to be an entrepreneur. Um, I can sit at home, be with my daughter and enjoy uh, this beautiful weather and yeah, the land, so. Awesome, well, thanks again, Carrie, for sharing your story. Um, We look forward to having you on again in the future. Yes, I'm excited, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. You too.